Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. We are thrilled to have returning to the show. Utility man and jack of all trades for the Toronto Blue Jays playing some second base last night. Davis Schneider, welcome back to the walk-off, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, some fairly major milestones have been accomplished since the last time we talked. Uh, a big congratulations to you, man. Very cool to see what you've been doing in this MLB debut of yours. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on here. I think it was it in June or July the last time I was yeah, on Yeah, it was but, June um, the last time we talked to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, you're just knocking off those milestones Does are you used to it yet, buddy? Hearing hearing <laughs> hearing Davis Schneider, member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Is this just an everyday thing now? Or is it still weird? Um, I kinda as funny as it sounds, I kinda got used to it just because like the guys in the clubhouse make it so easy to kind of just like kind of relax and like kind of go out there and just play baseball. And so I think until the after the season's done, to where I can sit back and be like, damn, that was pretty cool. But the guys are so cool, and they've been so great to me that it's, like, so easy to just go out there and just, like I said, just play baseball. I know how much you loved Vancouver and your time there. Have you had any chance to explore Toronto at all or just kind of ride in this playoff hunt? No, I, I walked around a couple times, but, um, you know, the I kind of get recognized a little bit here and there when I'm out on the streets, and, you know, people stop me and, you know, ask for my autograph and stuff, which is funny. And cool because like literally last month I was still in AAA and no one knew my name and it was just kind of like all right but now it is cool to kind of see how everyone kind of you know recognizes me and everything like that but I haven't explored a little bit uh, too much but I'm probably the next homestand when we play ten games where I can kind of go out and see kind of the the sites a little bit. Well, we're excited to have you come down to Baseball Town in a couple weeks. There, that's. It's pretty cool that you're you're making the time to do that. Are you used yeah. to showing up at games and seeing kids in glasses and mustaches and seeing <laughs> fans just like you're getting the Taylor Swift treatment, dude? <laughs> no, it's funny, but um, people like kids like you know they're out there in BP and everything like that, and like Springer and Vladdy are taking BP. And they're saying, Schneider, Schneider, can you sign for me? And I'm like, <laughs> there's literally George Springer and Bo Bichette, like, right there. Like, why are you calling Whitey? But it, it, it's awesome to, you know, hear kids and fans kind of just, like, support me. And, you know, um, Toronto fans are awesome so far. I mean, I couldn't really ask for a better fan base to kind of do this with. I can't even imagine the ride you've been on the last three weeks. It is, uh, I'm sure, very surreal at times. You've played a couple games here at second base. On Tuesday, uh, you made your first major league appearance at third, but it was a quiet night at the hot corner for you. I think you got one ground ball that was foul, and that's it. Do you prefer a little bit of action when you're at a position? Is it weird to just set up shop at a, a at the hot corner and then just twiddle your thumbs all game? I mean, you're always expecting the ball to you every every pitch, but I mean, I'm not mad I don't get a ball or anything like that just because, you know, I mean, can't make an error if it's not hit to you. But you <laughs> obviously you're expecting a ball 
hits you every time, but I wasn't mad that I didn't get any balls the other night at third. It must be kind of cool to be in this lineup right now. And whether you're playing second or you're playing third, look to your right and left. And there's Ernie Clement teammate, Buffalo Bisons manning the infield. Yeah. That's the, we were talking about the other day when I was playing third and he was playing short. And we were like, this is the whitest third base and shortstop there, this has ever been. And like, I was like, this is probably the shortest third baseman and shortstop duo in, in history. <laughs> because like, he's not the biggest guy either, but you know, playing next to him makes it a lot easier just because he's a really good shortstop. He, he knows the game really well and he kind of makes it fun out there. So I, I love playing next to him. Who's the tall guys on the teams that tower over you? Uh, Bassett's pretty tall. I mean, even Gosman. I mean, I'm I'm on the shorter side. Probably I'm probably one of the shortest guys here. But I mean, everyone to me is pretty tall. So like, there's not that one guy that stands out. But everyone kind of has their uniqueness when it comes to height. That's kind of funny that you're like six foot, six foot three. They're all towering over me. It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm five nine. So I know I'm the shortest. But you know, everyone else is pretty huge on this team. But uh, you know. Everyone could be big, and I don't really care. I don't really doesn't matter if I'm short or not. I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. What's it been like getting called up, and you're in the middle of a playoff battle? Because it's every game matters. It's it's pretty intense right now. Yeah, I mean, this is like my first time, like, like being obviously in the major leagues and having it during like a playoff push. Like this is like the only experience I have, so I can't really speak to like you know being on like a losing it's team like to and play with less up. less pressure yeah, exactly. on you so earlier like, in the season i have no other experience or this is like my only reality so like i gotta i can't really speak to any other uh different ways of being called being called up but you know it's fun i mean every like you said every game matters every pitch matters so like you just gotta go out there and just try to compete any way you can davis i gotta know what the clubhouse was doing after that Danny Jansen barrel roll slide on Tuesday into, into home plate, was everyone busting his balls over that? Yeah, there was a couple of wit was getting on him just because like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? And cause Jana was like, dude, the catcher was right there. So I had to slide and kind of uh, get, uh, get out of the way of him. And then we look at the video and the catcher's like all the way over there. Like he wasn't even close. And then Wit got on him for that. But it, I mean, it was a funny slide. He was safe. So yeah. I thought he was safe and he didn't get hurt. It was only yeah. two of the thing that matters. So, have you had a moment but like it, it that in your career where maybe it's a, a regular play and, and you 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 pull it off, but it does not look smooth? Yeah, this year I hit a double in Lehigh Valley and I was rounding second going to third. And I was going to be thrown out by a mile. So I put on the brakes and I just stumbled and fell. And then I had to like crawl back to the base. Which the was old funny. scramble back on the hands and knees? Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. put my head down. I'm like, man, that, that looked embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing when stuff like that happens, the reaction is always to bust balls by the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. the group of guys we have it here and even in AAA are, are the best, so they know how to buzz, buzz chops here and there, and they make it funny. And you just got to roll with it. You can't you can't get offended by it just because it is funny. <laughs> You've hit second in this lineup the last couple of days. You actually hit cleanup on Tuesday, and I know that that's the first time you did that in the majors, but you've hit cleanup many times with the Bisons throughout the season. Does your mindset change 
with with your approach at the plate when you're hitting second compared to fourth like do do you change your approach when you're trying to drive in runs or do you just kind of have a, a one size fits all and stick to that i kind of have a one size fits all i mean someone asked me this the other day and i just told him like it doesn't matter where you are in the lineup you just got to go out there with the same approach because if you try to switch it up then that's why i think bad things happen so if you can stick to the same approach whether you're in the leadoff hole or a leadoff spot, nine hole, it, it shouldn't matter. And so you just go out there and you just try to compete and stick to your approach the whole time, whether you're in the cleanup. But obviously with the runners on base and, you know, the way that pitcher's going to pitch you, that's different. But like, it shouldn't really matter what spot you're in. You just got to go up there and just try to put it in play, get on base. I want your opinion on something. I read an article, Davis, that was talking about the idea of clutch. And the argument of this article was literally that clutch doesn't actually exist. And that if you extrapolate the sample size over a big enough size, that the numbers are going to be very similar to career average. But as a fan, when I watch the game, it does feel like there's guys that just have the ability to dig their heels in when, when the moment's at its biggest. Do you believe in clutch? I do for sure. I mean, there's guys that stand out and, in the MLB history, like David Ortiz, Derek Jeter. I mean, there's a bunch of handful of guys that do it. And, you know, there's obviously the stats might not back it up, but, like, you know, there, there's that one spot in a person's career that could be make or break for them and that could be remembered forever. I mean, I remember David Ortiz, he had a bunch of those, even Jeter, like. But, obviously, yeah, like I said, the stats might not back it up, but there's people remembered for being clutch. And, like, obviously, I mean, like I said, that makes a career sometimes. Even from a personal standpoint, do you find that you, when it matters most, do tend to be a little bit more engaged, dig in a little bit more? I think I'm really bad, to be honest, personally. <laughs> like, because, because you're all, for me, I only remember like the bad, the bad times. Like the other night, I struck out with the bases loaded, you know, mm-hmm. tying run on second base. And obviously, I had two ribbies in the game, in that game, but you know, I'm, you know, you're always worried about the next at bat. And when I came out with a base loaded and I struck out, I'm like, damn, you know, that was a bad at bat by me. But like, and obviously I might have some good numbers here and there when it comes to like runners on or, you know, like, and clutch hits. But for me personally, I always remember the bad ones just because they stick out a little bit more, you know. It's the way life goes. It really doesn't matter whether it's baseball or anything. It's You just tend to remember that, that uh, the bad moment, but. Yeah, your power. And and it's funny because we did. This is your third time on the show. And when we talked to you last year, you were literally just starting to see an increase <coughs> in your home runs. And that was one thing we brought up when you were on in June and you were even mentioning, you're like, yeah, the power stroke has really come along. Do you feel the most confident in being able to go yard that you've ever felt in your career right now? I'd say I say so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, every time I step up now, I'm not trying to hit a home run, but like the way my confidence is and the way my approach is right now and the way my timing is, I feel like, you know, I'm on every baseball. And obviously there's going to be times where I'm going to go over 20 with 19 Ks. That's just the way it works. But right now my timing's there. I feel confident. And if you, if you feel confident and your timing's there, good things will happen. And so I'm not going to hit a home run. I'll, so you're you not going to hit 450 for the rest no. of your career. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I hope so. I hope so, but it's, it's not going to sustain for that long. This is the way baseball is, but you know, good players try to, um, 
last or make this hot streak last for as long as they can. That's what I feel like the good players do. I mean, every time I look on the TV, Freddie Freeman's in a home run or doing something insane. So like watching him kind of hit makes me feel like, okay, um, you know, this is, this is possible to kind of keep it going a little for a little bit. We've all heard the story of the first home run of your career and your first at bat and watching it happen at Fenway. Did, did you wind up getting the ball? Yeah, I did. A, a dad and their two and his, his two sons caught it, so they came, gave it back to me after the game. I mean, they didn't ask for anything. I just gave him a couple of signed balls, so that was cool of them That's to do so that. That's so cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, because it, it hit the top of, like, the back of it and then bounced back. And so if it went over, then I probably wouldn't have got it, but it hit, hit like, a little railing and it bounced back forward into the front row. And so they were nice enough to give it back, which is easier very, to very give it bad. back when it's the opposing team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get, I mean, I can't even imagine how surreal uh, your major league debut at Fenway must have been. Did you get to explore the stadium at all? Did you get to go inside the wall and sign it and all that stuff? Or is that a. Yeah. Me and, um, yeah, me and Bowden Francis, that was his first time playing at Fenway. And so everyone's first time they get to go in inside the monster and sign it. So that was really cool seeing all those names, names I didn't even know, or I didn't really see anyone, any big name when I walked in there, but it was cool to just kind of explore that and see that all the history that they have there. And, you know, Fenway Park is like such a historical place and making my debut there was pretty special. Hit one over the green monster. That's like every kid practices that in the backyard all summer long. Yeah. Yeah, Even if you don't I mean, like I Boston, you're, you're picturing that. Yeah, I never expect that to happen. I mean, even when I got called up, I was like, all right, just don't strike out my first at bat. Don't strike out. Don't strike out. Just put it in play. And when it happened, it was one of those swings where, like, I didn't even feel it happen. Like, I don't really remember, like, even swinging. It was just happened so fast. And it was, like, one of the purest balls that I hit all year, like, just height and everything like that. But it was fun, you know. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life, obviously. One of the things about your debut, buddy, that has been just really cool to see has been the fact that your past experiences really are kind of coming into play to help you succeed here. I know one of the big things everyone was was really touting as impressive was the fact that you went on that heater when you first came in and then you sat for five days and then you came back and this last stretch has obviously been great and you've been in there because of injuries and because you're on a heater. Um, but it made me think of you telling the story about 2021 and how it was such a tough year on you and how there were times where you were only playing two or three times a week in the minors and you even considered hanging it up. And it's kind of funny now to look right. And you're just like that, that sitting on the bench and, and needing to be ready at any time. It's actually experience you can draw on right now as you're in the majors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm having that happen in 21. You're kind of used to used to it and know what to expect when you're on the bench, like what to do to get ready in case of a pinch hit or something like that, and like just the feeling. And obviously, sitting on the bench in the big leagues is way better than sitting on the bench in the minor leagues. So, <laughs> yes, I'm not complaining about that aspect, but um, you know, you you know what to expect now when you're on the bench, like uh, when to get ready. You know, kind of know what pitchers they have in the bullpen and kind of study them and. And they have just a lot more data and info to kind of give you when, like, when you're on the bench. And um, 
Mattingly kind of lets me know like what the situation might be when I had to come in or anything like that. And I never really pinched it in 21 or like expected to go into the game. Like I was going to sit the whole game, um, all nine innings. But now when, whenever I'm on the bench, I'm always ready for a pinch hit, pinch run or defense or play or something like that. So, you know, I just always got to stay ready, always got to be prepared. And, you know, even when I'm on the bench, I still got a job to do. Like it's not just a day off or anything like that. Cause it, is even if when I go in, it's going to be, it might be a crucial moment. So always going to be ready. How do you stay loose for the whole nine innings while you're trying to make sure that you're ready to, for a pinch hit situation? Like, are you always stretching? Are you always kind of keeping active? How does that even, you know, how does that even play out? Yeah. Like when I'm, whenever I'm the day I'm sitting, I usually go into the cages around like the fourth inning, like about, and I kind of hit their hit off a machine kind of see what the bullpen is. Obviously, the score of the game is going to dictate who's going to be in the game when it comes to the opposing pitcher aspect. But you go in there, you get your reps in, just try to stay loose when it comes to, like, you know, get your swings in. And then you go back out, and then hopefully hopefully we're up by a lot of runs. I don't even have to go in, you know. So, like, <laughs> but, you know, you just go in, get your swings in. Nothing really crazy. I mean, you do a couple sprints here and there or stretches, and you're ready. I don't really need that much anyway to begin with. So I only need like two minutes or three minutes to kind of get ready. So, yeah. Do you get like a heads up like earlier in the inning, like, like Mattingly or whoever will come over and be like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good chance if somebody gets on you're pinch hitting or you're coming in. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, you're up right now. They kind of let me know beforehand. Just like this might be that, uh, this might be possible. So just be ready for it, which is good. Cause like Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not ready for it, then, you know, then you're not even going to be prepared going up. You're not, you're just going to look at the guy who's throwing and be like, all right. But I like to know at least beforehand, kind of like this could be possible for me going in, which is good. And so you go pee. They do a good time. Yeah. They do a good job of it. Kind of letting me know, letting everyone else know. So they're good at it. Have the holy shit moments, like the holy crap, I'm in the big league moments. Uh, are they still happening to you? Like, I can imagine that Fenway was one. I can imagine hitting your first digger at Toronto. Is are, is there still, I mean, you're only 13 games in. Are there still moments where you start looking around and you're like, holy crap? Um, I think at, after Fenway is when it kind of died down. That's I, I don't know why. Like, I, I'm a very low-key guy. And obviously, you know, the big leagues is crazy. And uh, I'm not disregarding that fact. But, like, just because I feel like all the games are important. So you can't really kind of soak it all in right now just because, like, you're trying to go out there, you're zoned in, you're locked in, in the air, bat, in the field. And like I said, all these guys kind of make it a lot easier to kind of just, like, relax and, you know, they kind of make it a bigger deal sometimes. Like, I remember Springer, the home run I hit the other day against the Nationals. He said he came in, or after I came into the dugout, he was like, I hate you. I hate you, Sneeves. You like <laughs> you're making it look way easier than it is. <laughs> and um, you know that was funny. And then even yesterday, after the game, he was like, you know, you had a terrible game today. You didn't even hit a home run. Like we're 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 off you. But um, you know, the guys are great. So like I said, they make it a lot easier to kind of just like forget it about all the outside distractions and just go out there and just try to win because you know everyone. This is September, so like it's. Every game is important, and you just got to be locked in for nine innings. 
I love so much that that was Springer's reaction. So both Adam and I are professional stand-up comics, and I'm about 16 years into my career now. And it is so funny how there are times when you watch a young comedian who's like two years in and just completely destroy it. That is the reaction of like, oh, come on. It's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when... Yeah, everyone's a good sport about that. So. And, and you love to see here. that, though. Yeah, out of curiosity, man. I mean, it's funny how your roles have completely changed just this season. You know, like you were a little bit more of a veteran presence in Buffalo. You you'd been around the minor leagues a bit, um, and now you come up and you're the rookie. How has that dynamic shifted? Um, you know, like when I first got here, I didn't know what to expect, like how the guys were going to treat me, but. You know, even from the first day, like they treated me like I was part of the team the whole year, which is great because I was just so nervous and very anxious. And so having having them do that is, like I said, made it a lot easier. And I just couldn't be more grateful for the team that we have right here because all the guys up and down from the pitching staff to all the position players, they're great. I mean, they're just a fun group of guys who just kind of want to win and just kind of pulled me in from the start. And, you know, it's a it's a very good team for my first big league experience you know you're pretty chill in comparison like i i got a kick out of uh i i forget who you were speaking with when you quoted but you were just like i thought i was pretty high anxiety but now i'm like no i've actually got a pretty good head on this yeah i mean just because when you look when you look at it obviously i i get mad during at bats for sure like if i don't get a hit or you know i strike out or don't do my job. I definitely get mad, but when you look back at it, you know, like this is the, the not the easiest job in the world, but it's you know you get to play baseball for a living. And if you look at it like that, then like it's a lot easier to go out there and just kind of relax too. And life could be worse, you know. Like even when people, even when I was on the bench, like in Baltimore, a lot of my family and friends came. They're like, "Damn, I wish you were playing." I was like, "So do I," but you know, life could be worse. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so you can't really stress about the things you can't really control. So like, you just got to go out there and just kind of do your job, even if you're not, in, not in the game that day and just kind of be grateful for what you have. Well, I think the quote of the talk so far, Davis has been sitting on the bench in the big leagues is actually substantially better. Than... <laughs> yeah. Sitting on the bench in minor leagues. It is. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's been interesting to watch the way this lineup has been construction constructed. And, and there's the truth is, man, there's just no certainty for you as to where in the batting order you're going to be. Heck it, it it's not even a given what position you're going to be playing game to game. What's your mindset for that? Do you just try and be Mr. Zen and live in the moment day to day play by play? Like how do you, how does the uncertainty get to you at all? No, not really, to be honest. Like, Love it. it doesn't matter where if I'm playing left, third, second, even for if they put me at first base or, you know, shortstop. Like, you just got to go out there and hopefully you put in the work during practice that you're 100% prepared. And, you know, if you make an error, you make an error. Like, it's not that big a deal. Or if you strike out, like, it's all right. But, you know, you just got to go out there and just give it 100%. And, and if I do that, then, you know, I'm going to be content on that day. Obviously, like, if I... If I'm not prepared, then I'm going to be pretty mad if I don't perform out there. But you just got to make sure that you are prepared. And hopefully that preparation um, goes into the game and successes happen throughout that day. 
it was pretty cool in Boston to watch. I know how much family you had there and just seeing everyone on the field with you getting pictures taken afterwards and stuff. Very, very cool that you got to share that with, uh, you know, the people who have had your back all this time. Have, have your parents made it to Toronto yet? Have they got to see you at Rogers? Yeah, my mom, my sister, and my two aunts made it out the first nice. and we played Chicago. So that was cool to see. My dad, my dad, my two grandparents live with us, so he's got to stay home and kind of watch them, you know. But um, yeah, they they came out to see me, which was really great. And I I have a couple of buddies coming to Toronto soon, so which will be cool awesome. for them to kind of see the city and you know kind of watch me play. So that'll be fun. That's very cool. All right, Davis, I know that uh, we've got a bunch of lister questions for you. So if we don't switch over here, we'll get uh, we'll get roasted in the comments. So I'll I'll pass this. <laughs> oh, I'll pass this over to Adam here. Uh, all right. First one comes in from Brad, who says my son is going as you for Halloween, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, what yeah. are you dressing up as or what is a Halloween costume in your past that you're most proud to brag about? I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm not really going to dress up probably this year. I feel like I'm too old for that. But um, <laughs> back in the past, I, I was a hobo for a couple of years. I painted on some, you know, beard stuff and had a little stick and a little bandana on the top at the end of it. Nice. So that was like my go-to when I was a kid. But I'm definitely not going to dress up this year. I'm very, <laughs> very anti-Halloween. It's because All I right. hate you could, dressing up. You can put a red scene. hat on with an M on it and just call yourself a plumber where you go. Mario, That'd be good. There it is. I haven't Done. really thought about that yet. So, <laughs> maybe if I do dress up, maybe I'll be it, but I'm not a big Halloween guy. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Uh, Jackie the Snacky on Twitter says, uh, how much nicer is everything in the bigs? Is the drink selection bigger? Are the chairs in your locker nicer? Uh, was there an example that stood out? Maybe the hotels are better. What's going on? Um, Everything basically is better. <laughs> hotels, food, <laughs> drinks. Um, the amenities, I mean, all you can think of, the locker room. Uh, the locker room in AAA is not bad just because they redid it for uh, the COVID season. For the big, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the big league team. So, But everything up and down is way better. I mean, they have everything for you. They, like, if you, you need something, just ask. And, you know, it's it's a lot cooler up here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh taylor in calgary says hey davis i know you know most of the guys in the jays clubhouse already but i'm sure not near as well as you did with the bisons uh were there guys you were more familiar with when you first joined the team and who are some of the guys you're already pretty close with um when i first got here it was definitely bowden and jay jackson those are the only two guys i kind of played with in AAA, but I mean, when Ernie got here, even a Mason McCoy, when he got here, I mean, this I'm more familiar with them because I play with them throughout the yeah. year. But, but like I said, I'm already got, I'm already friends with all the guys here, so like they, they're a really good uh, group to be around and very fun to hang with. So, I mean, but nothing, no one stands out when it comes to like I was boys with beforehand on the big league side, just because I, I, I wasn't in big league camp, so I didn't really get a chance to hang out with any of them and play with them, but um. Yeah, just just definitely the AAA guys that already came here or were already here. Okay, uh, Darren in Toronto says, Hey, Davis, with getting so many big league firsts out of the way, does it wear on you knowing you still haven't got that first triple? <laughs> and if so, <laughs> probably best to get that out of the way today, hey? Well, today's No, just day, because but... I'm not the fastest guy, so triples <laughs> aren't really in my... Uh, 
um forte so but um hopefully that'll be cool in colorado that's a that's not the easy park to do it in but um yeah the big outfield so if you put it in the gaps then maybe so we'll see yeah all right um jeremy sorry adam yeah no no, please is is triple like is it i guess the question is what what play does excite you the most like is triple one of the ones that really gets you pumped up because it's so rare um inside the park home run would probably be the most most rare for me that'd be cool but have you um, ever done that not in pro ball i don't think so obviously i think little league and stuff like that i did but um definitely not in pro ball or anything like that i think i got a triple and maybe an error i think that happened but never a true inside the nope. park home run where yeah. it counts to your home run total okay uh so this is a fun one from jeremy says grade the stash scale of one to ten uh hulk hogan i would say that's a that's a nine nine okay that's a nine stash uh alex trebek i don't remember did he have one I guess, like back in the day, yeah, it came and went. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Um, I would say a six because I didn't really, I wasn't alive during that time to kind of really Mm -hmm. notice it. All right, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's a ten. (laughs) Anything with Samuel L. Jackson is (laughs) is uh, is a ten. All right, Albert Einstein. That's also, I would say that's a nine. Okay. It's a nine. You could have cleaned it up a little bit, but that's a nine. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ron Swanson from Parks uh, and Rec. Yeah, ten. Yeah, that's a ten. The, okay. the the most iconic American that you can think of, right there. <laughs> there right, you when go. you think of American, that's him, Ron Swanson. That's him, Ron Swanson, Beauty. right there. Beauty. Um, okay, Don Mattingly when he played for the Yankees. No, it's got to be a 10, too. Yeah, you had to say that, it's didn't got, you? It's got to be a 10. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last one, Spencer Strider. Uh, he, it is a pretty good one. He can rock it pretty well. I would, yeah, I would say like an 8 or a 9. Right. I mean, there you go. as long as it's as long as stashes are kind of filled out, like the if you have the peach fuzz yeah. a little bit, then that's not, I don't really think that's good. So yeah. all those guys that you mentioned are have it pretty filled out. And so... So and, and Strider has it pretty filled out, kind of like mine, and yeah. like we kind of already kind of look, we kind of look alike in my opinion. Yeah, you a do. Bit. You uh, he's a he's a little bit skinnier, and he has way bigger legs than me. But uh, we kind of had like that same like eyes, and we're like I don't know why, kind of like we could, we could be like relatives if someone said that. Now you now go. you now you have an easy an easy Halloween costume if you ever get into the season. There you go, Spencer <laughs> yeah, I go Strider. With, I can go with Strider. Yeah. I can go with yeah. Strider instead of myself. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, last one. This one's from me. This is inspired by that last 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 uh, question here. But I want you to grade the stats in terms of how much weight you put in them. Not personally, because I know as a pro ball player, you probably don't keep track of any of that. And you're going to pay me all that lip service. But when you're looking at other guys or teammates or whatever, Grade these stats in terms of the the weight that they carry with you. So batting average. See, that's a tough one. I mean, I feel like everyone cares about batting average, but I would say that's probably in the middle. 
of it like of it all because if you do have a good batting average then it depends on how many walks you have because if you're not getting on if you're not walking you're just hitting then you know it could be, it it's it goes hand in hand so it depends on the other kind of stats that go along with it really in my opinion one to ten what's your five? Oh, well, um i'll say seven. seven seven okay uh on base percentage that's a nine for me nine. okay uh yeah. ops so on base plus slugging i would say that's also about a nine okay. i would say i would say um on base is an eight ops a nine okay okay i like that yeah um now for the defensive side of things errors Um, I mean, that's fairly important. I would say a 10 if you're, if you're making errors and bad things happen. Like, okay. So okay. errors lead to unwanted runs. So I would say a 10 that if you have less errors, I feel like that's the most important thing to have. Okay. Uh, this is tied to that, but fielding percentage. Yeah, I guess that's the same, right? I would imagine. Yeah. yeah I'd say a okay. 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some new age metrics here. Defensive runs saved. I don't really know what goes into that. So nobody does. I would say, yeah, I would say maybe <laughs> we're not supposed it is to know. <laughs> it is important. It is important for it's sure. Like Coca-Cola secret run. recipe. It's just, just trust that it's good. Right. Yeah. I would say like a, I would say a nine then. Okay. Uh, if you're saving runs, then I don't know what goes in that either, yeah. but um, I would say like a seven, seven. Okay. Uh, last two here. RBIs. At the 10. Okay. If you're driving in runs, then, you know, you're going to win baseball games. You can't win can't win games with zero runs. Zero runs batted in, so I'll right. say a 10. I love it. Uh, what do you say to people who say RBIs are overrated because you have no control over people being on base in front of you? Yeah, but you can get an RBI hitting a home run, too. So, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I get the point where they're coming from, but... Yeah. I mean, if you look at the best hitters in the game right now, I feel like power hitter are like not mm-hmm. if you're not counting leadoff hitters, um, like Matt Olson, Acuna, like all these guys have a lot of RBIs and they're going to win baseball games because of that. And so, I mean, I feel like good hitters always find a way to drive in runs, even if they're on first base, they hit into the gap, guy scores. So like yep. technically he's not in scoring position, but good hitters who drive in runs always find a way to, Make sure they get their RBIs up. Love it. I I think you summed it up beautifully with your answer for batting average. Is that no one stat should probably be like isolated and looked at as the one sole thing, right? It's kind of like, yeah. well, how does it look compared to the other stats? So it's yeah. funny how you know sometimes stat nerds can just be like, this one doesn't matter or this one matters. But you summed it up so beautifully, man, and just like. Let's take a look at what everything is. You know, how does exactly, our base yeah. percentage look when you have a high batting average? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're batting two thirty, but if you're on base is close to like four hundred, like in Bell, he's batting yeah. but his on base is close to four hundred, which is insane. So if you're getting on base, good things will happen, in my opinion. All so. right. Uh, last one then. Wins above replacement. Is it the be all end all that people want it to be? Um, see, I like I don't know. I don't know how much goes into that to in order to make it. But I guess if you're producing 
like because it, it counts in RBIs, runs, probably defensive mm-hmm. stats and stuff like that. So yeah, defensive like, stats. It is really important when it comes to that. So I guess that's a, also really high up there. I would say that's a ten, and just because you know if you're doing if you have a good war, then you're making good stuff happen on the field, and yeah. so. I there guess that makes sense, but I just don't really know how much goes really into it when it comes Fair to that. Enough. Fair but, enough. Okay. Yeah. That's everything. Davis, we thank you so much for your generosity of time, man. I know that you do not have to come on a little podcast like this, but we really do appreciate it, buddy. And uh big congrats again to what you're pulling off and we're rooting for you guys, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me again. I mean, third time's a charm, so hopefully we can keep it going a little bit more. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening. 